Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and I am here today with Pastor Brad Klink. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks. Excellent. It is a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while, and uh, we got to hear from you on Sunday. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you preached on? Yeah, sure. We were we were uh, looking at a, a, a parable that Jesus t- uh, talks to us about in John 15, 1 to 11, where he says, I am the vine. And then he uses this metaphor to to c- compare himself to uh, to this this vine that branches are connecting into and, and to encourage us to stay connected to to him and how important that is. And and talks about how in order to bear fruit, things of significance in our life that we uh, we need to stay connected to the vine and that. Mm-hmm. And then if we do that, the natural outflow of that uh, connection of being uh, in relationship with him will be will be fruit, will be will be good things. And uh, so we, we looked at that passage yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we could learn. Oh, yeah. And we're going to dive in here. Um, I mean, this is a pretty well-known passage, right? It's one that, that you've probably pe- preached from before that I've certainly heard sermons from before. Uh, and it's one that I find is certainly, it's easy to be like, yeah, yeah, vine and branches. I got that. And mm. it's harder to live into it fully. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to dive in. I just want a little sidebar here. This was our first week in our new series called Leaders DNA. Um, and we were going through a bunch of different kind of characteristics that we see in the Bible, a bunch of traits of, of what it is we are called to as people who have influence, as people who um, have the opportunity to lead each other. Um, and that what we think this is, this is what the Bible's calling us to. So I think it's really great that we're starting with this idea of abiding, um, of being with Christ here. Yeah. Yeah. The whole concept of the, the, the way we lead other people is going to be directly reflected by how we're led by, by God, how we're mm. connected to the vine. And so, uh, you know, how we are influenced is going to affect how we influence others. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we ended on Sunday. You left us all with a little bit of a challenge, and I'm going to kind of work backwards because I think this is a good place for us to start. You, you asked us who are listening to, to consider daily coming back to this passage and reading it and, and thinking about what does this mean for us. So I'm going to take the, the minute now and actually going to read through John 15, 1 to 11. Okay. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's John 15, 1 to 11. It's funny, when you read that out loud, I mean, I heard you reading it on Sunday, it just feels like you're kind of saying the same words over and over and, over and, over and in different ways. Um, 
When you were prepping this message, what is there anything that, that stuck out to you particularly or anything you had to leave out of the, the sermon that you'd like to share now? Hmm. Yeah, I was struck by the re- repetitive nature of two words, fruit, and then the concept of abiding in or remaining in. And, mm. and you know, the NIV uses the word remain in. A lot yep. of uh, listeners and people who, who were there on Sunday would know it better as abiding in. And uh, uh, But certainly... I, one of the things I was fascinated about is in some of my sermon prep, I, I came across this this vine in England called the Great Vine, mm. and it's this this vine that's 250 years old, and uh, it's about 13 uh, feet in in circumference is the is the is how big the it is at its base, and then it's got these shoots that go off uh, uh, 120, 130 feet, wow. and I'd never seen a vine like that, that big. And it, and when seeing those uh, visual pictures of this vine, and then and then reading this passage, uh, I was I was uh, I was just struck by yeah, like this thing produces 850 kilograms of fruit a year, mm. and it's a single vine and everything it needs to produce that fruit comes through that big big base that's that's planted into something solid yeah. uh, certainly a great reminder for us to needing to be connected in and, and into that source yeah it, um, it, interesting you say that one of the things uh, we've been doing at our house this spring is cleaning up our gardens and one of the things we have is english ivy which although it looks nice is an invasive species so we're trying to pull it out and just don't want it there and man it's uh it's hard to get but i found <laughs> That if I cut it off, if I find a stalk and cut it and let it dry up and die, it's actually much easier to pull out. Hmm. Um, so just, again, even in agriculture, right, we see this, this metaphor that, that Jesus is using. Um, for those of you who are gardeners, you probably know what this is like. Um, so so you, you've read a lot uh, about fruit. You, fruit is a repeated word over and over in this passage. Um, and it's something that we as Christians kind of walk a funny line with. We're talking about fruit, fruits of the spirit. We're talking about the stuff that we do, the stuff that we see in our lives. What's, mm-hmm. what's that tension like? Can you unpack that a bit for me? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things I think is as Christians, we wrestle a little bit with this whole concept of fruit or, or good works or things coming out of our life because uh, we see in passages like this that, that, that fruit is a, it's a good thing. You know, in, in verse 8, it actually talks about how fruit is an, an evidence or a proof of those who are disciples of Christ. Uh, and yet there's, a, there's, there's, there's been a, a tendency in some spheres to, to, to try to lump in good works as a way to be saved or a mm. reason to be forgiven, uh, which doesn't, doesn't uh, align with Scripture. And uh, so we got to be in this, in this tension to say good works are a good thing and a thing that, that we should see coming out of our life. And yet what this passage, I think, tells us is that shouldn't be our primary motivator, the thing we shoot at. We should, mm-hmm. we should stay connected to the vine and invest in that relationship. And yet we should also expect that good fruit would, would pour out of us as that spirit lives in us. And as we seek to honor uh, him and stay connected to the vine, that that should pour out of us. So it's that tension of, of good works being a good thing, but not, not being being a, a condition to be yeah. saved or forgiven. Yeah, it's not, it's not an ultimate thing. It's, not, it, it's odd because it's not required. And yet, if we're abiding, if we're walking with Jesus, we should be seeing it. And if we're not mm. seeing it and we think we're abiding, we, maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe we need to kind of reevaluate there. Yeah, um, yeah. You, I, you, 
Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I can imagine for those who were hearing it for the first time in that agrarian type of culture, you know, they would have known, no doubt, how how important it is for for if you want good fruit at the end of the day, how important it is to have a healthy vine and to and to and to prune and to take care of that you know thing. They 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 would have understood that. And so for Jesus to use this picture to say, you know, it's important that you stay connected to me, uh, and, and and then the fruit will be the output. I think is yeah, cool. Yeah. So you, you shared a bit of your story on Sunday as well. You talked a little bit about uh, moving from engineering into pastoral ministry and this idea of significance um, and, and kind of moving from something to another thing which you felt had more significance. Can you, can you unpack that a little bit? I'm just curious. I think of um, myself and even times in my life, I, I, you know, I'm not sure I can define significance all that well. Sometimes it's, you know, I, I think I've got the right motives and then I turn around and I'm like, oh, maybe I don't have the right motives. Maybe I'm running after something I shouldn't be. How do we know and, and how do we kind of align ourselves well with what God wants? Yeah, that's that's it's hard. That is part of the uh, the mysterious Christian journey is continually seeking to to follow a spirit that might lead us in different directions at different times in life in different ways. And uh, for for me, uh, somebody challenged my definition of success, and uh, they said that that they thought a biblical definition of success was was knowing, finding out what God wants you to do, and doing it. And it was very simple. It didn't have to do specifically with vocation or you know how you live within the vocation you're already in or your family world or whatever. It was just doing what God wants you to do. And so the question comes: Well, how do I know the way God's leading me? Yeah. Uh, what does know? God want me to do? Yeah. What does God want me to do? And uh, we get some we get some clues from from this passage. I mean, He wants us to stay connected to to Jesus, which means uh, Jesus says, you know, know my commands is one thing that helps us to stay connected. It's it, in engage with my uh, spirit you know if Jesus around this passage is talking about sending his spirit with with the purpose of helping to helping us to stay connected to him and so how can we how can we better understand that spirit how can we become more sensitive to what that spirit is up to how can we have eyes to see that well that's part of uh, sort of the Christian experience is trying to grow and, and figure those things out and and I'm not necessarily sure that we we there's there's one sort of single um, a way we might experience God this all the same. I think we're wired differently in ways that sometimes uh, mean that that well for me it might have been this journey through uh, intellectual journey through how do I live a life that's more significant than the one I'm living now. For others, mm-hmm. it, it may come through worship or through some other some other way. Yeah, I mean we kind of talk like this a lot. Um, I think it's actually one of the strengths we've got here at this church. And, and one of the, the challenges, um, if you come to the Bible looking for a really firm set of rules to, to dictate every moment of your life, and you can kind of come back to the playbook and figure out, this is what I need to do. It's hard to find because it's a relationship. Yeah. Um, and even right. in our sermons, I think we feel this tension when we, when we preach and when we teach. We want to we wanna offer people something biblical and something that's compelling and, and potentially really applicable, and yet... The call is often to come back to relationship, which means that it's going to look maybe a little different for me than it does for you. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've been kind of going through that, any resources, any things that you've you've found that are helpful in sorting through that? Yeah, I, I uh, before I answer that question, I really wrestled with this tension. Is I'm a very practical guy. I always want to help people understand what next steps are and mm. sort of the how-to, but the the reality is the the Bible doesn't necessarily list the, the how-to steps for everything and and 
So you could we could see in this passage, you know, there was there was a component of, of praying, there was a component of staying connected to the Spirit, there was a component of of staying obedient as mm-hmm. ways to connect into the vine. Uh, but in addition to some of those common things, I know that we're wired in different ways to to connect and experience um, experience our connection with Jesus. And uh, I read a great, great book um, probably 10 or 15 years ago. It's called uh, Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it outlines nine sort of different wirings of how people might experience God a little bit different. And so for the intellectual, it says, you know, maybe when you're exploring and you're learning things, then then you feel that connection and you, 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 you really start to understand who Jesus is. And yet for others, it's when you're out in, in nature right. that you, you see and experience the beauty of his creation. You really feel that connection and that intimate uh, relationship. For some, it's it's a more traditional kind of a ritual uh, or a liturgical kind of experiences that help them to, to do that. And, uh, you know, for some, it's it's caring for others. They'll never uh, experience their relationship as deep as they do when they get a chance to care for, you know, somebody who's aging in their home or somebody who they're, yeah. they're serving. Uh, and so it, it's really an interesting read if you're, if you're looking at... Um, uh, to understand maybe your your wiring and sort of some of those different pathways and how you might experience God in a in a way uniquely uh, geared to your wiring. So, so so what is it for you? Like I mean, we're here, we're talking. I'm I'm curious. What are the things that for you personally kind of help you know that you're abiding? What are some of the practices you've found helpful in your own life? Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great question. One of the things that this book I was talking about mentions is that none of us are just one. We're we're yeah. a combination of a bunch, right? Uh, for me, I know getting uh, out in nature, so mm. I'm far more likely to be able to contemplate uh, the the uh, things of God. Far uh, it's far easier for me to pray and to um, hear sort of the leading of the Spirit when I'm out in nature, when I'm mm. on a walk, when I'm sitting by a lake, when I'm even in my own backyard. Uh, just the difference for me between sitting inside in my living room and sitting outside on my deck is is significant, and yeah. so there's something, there's something there, uh, and then there's a there's a piece of me that that has the you know the rational way to process things, and so as I learn things and as I understand things, and you know that that helps me to connect in to, uh, to a deeper level as well. So for me, it's it's a couple of those those ways, and mm-hmm. and for others, it's it's going to be completely different. And what what I what I wrestled with in, in even prepping some of this message is that, um, you know, sometimes the whole concept of abiding or remaining in is very contemplative and meditative and reflective. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that, that, uh, we need to be contemplative and, and meditative and reflect and, and slow down and, and quiet ourselves down to be yeah. able to, to hear the spirit, to be able to, uh, engage in prayer. Um, but I also recognize that's not everybody's natural inkling. Like it's not my natural inkling. And so yeah. it takes some intentionality to do that. Uh, and, and yet there are these other things that are more naturally me that can come alongside those, those necessities to quiet down and slow down and help, you know, uh, being in nature or, or using my, you know, rational mind to, to uh, learn things and assess things. Yeah, it's, a, it's again kind of this tension and this, like, we, we both need to do the things that we're naturally called to and the things that are hard sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, I've even found in my own life, as, as seasons have changed, as I've lived different places or been involved in different things, my, my patterns need to change too. And sometimes that's an easy switch. Sometimes it takes real intentionality and, and hard work to kind of be like, okay, I need to get back into these rhythms of reading or these rhythms of talking to people or these rhythms of being outside or, you know, taking a break from this or that. Um, 
and, and finding that place to abide. Um, and it's also, I mean, if I'm honest, it's, it's not easy uh, often. It, it feels like, I mean, it's good. There's lots of things in my life that I know I should do more of that are good, um, but it often feels so much easier to sit and watch Netflix or, you know, <laughs> yeah. read, read, a, read a fluffy book instead of sitting down and reading my Bible or, you know, how do you, how do you kind of battle through that and build these habits and, um, but not make them so rigid that they become religious? Any yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question, and to to some degree, it's a it's a matter of uh, developing those habits or, or or figuring out the ways to to make it as part of your natural rhythms of of life. Mm-hmm. Like there's, uh, we talk about in Alpha, the reason we pray before meals in, in some of our cultural experiences and upbringings isn't because we need to pause and thank God for every meal we have. It's just, it's part of our natural rhythm. Mm. And, and so to naturally say, you know, at least three times a day, God's going to come to mind because I'm going to pray for my meals. It's a way to, you know, uh, uh, having something that's, that's in our, our natural rhythm and our natural day that helps us to be reminded of that. So the more things, you know, praying with your kids before, uh, before bedtime, you know, yeah. when you, uh, for, for me, I was at a at a conference recently in in uh, in Turkey, as I as I um, mentioned, and we were singing a certain song, and and this certain song we were to uh, to uh, sing and reflect on how this might um, how this might be heard by a, a Muslim in the yeah. uh, in the Arab world, and every time I sing that song now, uh, that's what I think of. And so I'm, I'm reminded of sort of the power of, of song, the power of rhythm, the power of sort of natural things in your life that can then connect you into, mm. into something. Um, yeah. yeah. So figuring out how to, how to, what those natural rhythms in your life are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole that we talked about on Sunday, pray continually, that, that hard to understand thing of how do I pray all the time? Like I have to go to work and I have to, you know, do the stuff around the house do the dishes, and I got to be yeah. a dad and, uh, and, and, but the, the, the constantly recurring, the, 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 the calling, calling to mind this relationship, this yeah. ongoing, this abiding in the vine, this, you know, whispering, uh, breath prayers as you, as you know, that a friend of yours is going through this or that you're trying to discern this or that this, this is coming to mind. And, um, yeah, sort of in, instituting those rhythms in, mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, we've got uh, just under two minutes left um, and probably lots more to talk about. But I mean, sum it up, Brad. Is there anything you want to say, anything we've missed, um, any way you want to wrap us? Yeah, I guess the thing that I personally took out of um, studying this passage was that I'm naturally wired to to shoot at the outcomes. And... And I'm I naturally shoot at the wrong things. Hmm. Um, I, I I I I have this te- this I'm tempted to to work in and of my own strength to try to produce the things I think God wants produced. And yet, what He wants is me. He wants a relationship with me. He wants me to focus on Jesus, not the things I can do for Jesus. He wants me to focus on Jesus, not the things you know I can do for the church. He wants me to focus on Jesus, not you know, these other things. And, and that's, yeah. uh, that's, you know, constantly trying to, to, to reevaluate and relook. That's why I challenge people to read this thing for, a, to read this passage for a week and, and, you know, constantly kind of um, take yourself back to, to the vine, constantly take yourself back to relationship with Jesus instead mm-hmm. of the, the things around Jesus that sometimes we get stuck on. And these aren't bad things. They're just not primary things. They're, yeah. they're things that need to flow out of a relationship. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, uh, if you've got more questions for Brad, come find him. Uh, I mean, we both love to chat. Uh, thank you for listening along this week at Postscript, and we will be back next week. Have a great week. All right.